0: We're going to go to the book of Isaiah tonight, Isaiah chapter 58. The book of Isaiah and chapter number 58. If you don't have a Bible, I know that there's some pew Bibles around under some of those seats. We'd love for you to follow along. We still just believe the Bible's Word of God. We need to hear from Him. We need to know what He has to say about things. Isaiah 58, verse number 1. The Bible says, cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul? And thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in a day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labours. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, to smite with the <clears throat> excuse me, the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the opposed go free that you break every yoke? We're going to stop our reading there and I want to preach a message just as briefly as I can here on prepare for revival. The 22nd of this month we start our revival meeting. With brother De- brother Joe Decker, Pastor Joe Decker Jr. will be here. We're looking forward to that. But it's good for us as the people of God to have our heart prepared before the revival meeting starts. Because we don't want just a meeting we want God to do something in our lives truly I mean we want by the end of the meeting to know that God has spoken and that we've done business with him and that we're walking a little closer with him because of that very thing and uh, I think we can see some preparation here as we work up to that time so let's pray we'll get going Heavenly Father, one last time, we just ask for your blessing, your guidance, and all that we say and do. Certainly, we know, Lord, without a fact, without a doubt, that we can do nothing without you. Your word says so. And so we ask for your power, we ask for your leading, we ask for that unction that can only come from you. Clarity of thought and speech, we need that tonight, I know that's true. And Father, just direction, we need your direction, that this might be a message and not just an outline on paper. Thank you, Lord, for being willing to meet with us. Now help us, we pray, please, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. Please be seated. The prophet Isaiah was given a hard task by God. Of course, most all the Old Testament prophets were given hard tasks. But he was to warn Israel of the judgment to come for their unwillingness to repent i mean he had sent warning after warning after warning telling them to turn from their own way back to him to go the way that he would have them to go or else that judgment was going to fall upon them and one thing that made it a hard job for isaiah is the fact that they were practicing a form of godliness with no power thereof They were going through the motions, they were going through the temple, they were doing different things, they were even quote-unquote fasting at times, which he's addressing here. Uh, They had gotten comfortable in some of their religiosity, I mean, you know, they knew what to do, how to act, what to say, all those different things, and they felt pretty good about themselves. They felt like they were doing okay, I mean, everything's good, I mean, we're going through this, surely God's satisfied with all of this. And because of that, Isaiah uh, came to them with a very pointed message. Pointed. In fact, several pointed messages, but very, very pointed message. Uh, What are you saying, preacher? He didn't pussyfoot around. He was pretty plain. He was pretty direct. He was pretty clear. This morning after the message, this morning, the message that was preached on hell, I had someone contact me they had watched by live stream that lives in a different city because God had spoken to them about that you know what I found out about the Bible if we just preach it God works if we just preach it God moves look I can't change anybody's life and I'm not going to try to do that no 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 it's God that changes lives our responsibility is to tell them what the book says Our responsibility is just to preach this without compromise, without fear or favor of man or woman, without fear or favor of whoever might come up against it because God's Word is true. And it is our final authority of all faith and practice. Amen. We got the Bible right, right here. Um, He made this message clear and plain. I mean, he preached it right to the people. I I know that some people get to feel like, man, you're just like you're preaching right to me. Well, duh, you're the ones that's here. So, I mean, who am I supposed to preach? you're here so yep that's the way that it goes anyway he preached it right right to the people and he told them how bad that they really were oh no 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 god tells him cry aloud spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of jacob their sin so he he dealt plainly with them he said tell my people god's people he's talking to god's people tell my people he said, don't flatter them. Uh, don't, uh, no, 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 don't, don't flatter them. Show them their transgressions and show them their sins. I mean, those things they no longer acknowledge as sins, those things they've decided it's okay to do if they do it in moderation, just go ahead and tell them that they still are sins. Let them know that although they are doing well in some areas, that they're really doing bad in some other areas. I mean, make known what's going on in their life. Help them to see where they are failing. You know, God sees people's sins. No, no, He sees it. And we're not hiding anything from Him. And way too often, we're unwilling to see our own sins. And we have to be made to look at these things the way that they really are and the way that God sees them. I, I remember after getting saved all those years ago, and 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 how it changed the way I looked at things. And man, that's so wicked, and that's so bad. I mean, God changed the way that I look at this world, and so and and that's a wonderful thing for us, and it will definitely help us. But we have to remember, whatever God calls sin in this book, really is sin, and no matter how we might want to justify, it, justify it or rationalize it, whatever we might want to do, it is still still sin. He told, him, he told him, he said, cry aloud and spare not. Go ahead and make it clear. Don't give in to their wincing. Don't stop just because it seems like it may be hurting somebody here and there. Lay it open right to the bone. Make it bare. Open it up. Get right down to the infection. You know, sometimes when there's infection, they have to go right down to the bone to get it. And I'm telling you, sometimes when we are steeped in sin, when we are going our own way instead of going God's way, we just need somebody to open up that sore so it'll drain out. Somebody say amen right there. It really is true. Sometimes we think we are doing okay. We think that we're doing just fine. When all in all, and when all and come on brain, when all, in all reality, we are not doing so fine. In my years of evangelism, traveling and in preaching, and even recent days, traveling and preaching and revival meetings and such, I'm telling you, you go into a meeting and people think they're doing okay, and you begin to preach the unsearchable riches of this book, and God begins to expose things in people's lives, and they understand that they need to repent of this or repent of that. They need to get their heart right with God. They need to change the direction they're going. They need to change some things in their life. They need to clean out some cabinets in their house. I mean, people begin to understand that I'm not. Not doing as good as I thought I was doing and I'm telling you church as we work our way up to this revival meeting we ought to be praying Lord open it up I mean show me where where I am wrong in my ways show me and correct me and help me to be closer to you and better for you help me to truly repent of things in my life that should not be there help me to truly be broken about the sin that's in my own life help me to truly see me the way that you see me I mean it's a good thing <clears throat> and he told him. He said, "Yeah, you go ahead and tell them, and you tell them loud and clear." No, no, I cry loud. Spare not lift up thy voice like a trumpet. A trumpet does not make an uncertain sound. Doesn't make an uncertain sound, though it may be loud. It's distinct, and that's the way preaching needs to be. It needs to be distinct. Come on, don't, 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 don't let them walk away scratching their heads, wondering what they're wondering what you're trying to say. No, 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 preach it, straight. Mm, preach it straight, preach it strong. I mean, let them know what's going on in their lives. No, no, it's not a bad thing. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I hate to go to a preaching service. Preacher gets up there for 35 minutes and you walk out going, what do he say? Man, I'd rather somebody just tell me exactly what I need to hear. I'd rather somebody just be straight and strong about what God has to say about things. I'd rather somebody say, thus saith the Lord and just make it, just make it straight. And that's what he's telling Isaiah. Just preach it straight to them. And he says, do this. Even though they look good. Even though they look good. Verse number two. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. So it seemed as though things were fine. I mean on the outward they were getting it done. They were going through the motions. Everything seemed pretty good. So they have a form of godliness. They have a form of godliness. What are you talking about preacher? Well, they were going to church. They were going to church. They said they seek me daily and they love to hear good preaching. They delight to know my ways. Notice what it says there in verse number two. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 32 says and lo thou art unto them as a lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument for they hear listen to me for they hear thy words but they do them not So that's a problem we hear what God has to say but are we doing what God has to say we come into the house of God and we hear the teaching, we hear the preaching, we know what God wants because we hear it clearly, but are we truly doing it? He says they take, they take pleasure in exercising their religion, they take delight the in approaching to God, but not for God's sake, stay with me here, not for God's sake, but to make them feel better about themselves. They go to the house of God. They they hear the preaching, and uh, yeah, okay, that's what. But 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 it, but it, but it's it's not. No no no. It, it's it's not for God's sake. It's just to make them feel better about themselves. They want to know what God expects of them. It goes on. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. But it's not that they have a mind to do them. Boy, I need the deeper things of God. Can you tell me more about the Bible? I'd like to find out some more about that stuff of that book. And that's okay. I mean, they're being inquisitive because being inquisitive makes them look spiritual. Look, it's not good enough that we just know what this book says. The important thing is that we're doing what the book says. That we're doers of the word, not hearers only. I mean, James made that very clear. And and when we get to a place where, you know, I mean, where we can just listen to it and it does not uh, hit the target. Uh, No, no, no. I mean, I mean, we can listen to it, but it's like, boy, that sure was good. Even though uh, it hit us right between the eyes, but we're not doing anything about it. We're in trouble. No, we're in spiritual trouble. We need some help. I mean, these people—the way that God's explaining it here—they appear to the eye that that uh, uh, as those that are doing well, and they they appear to be righteous. And uh, others think that it is so that they're righteous. I mean, it seemed like they were everything they needed to be. And here's what God says: Show them their sins, which they go on in, notwithstanding their knowledge of good and evil, sin and duty, and the convictions of their consciences concerning them. Go in there and show them their sins. They're looking good. They're going through the motions. Everything seems to be good. But God knows better, doesn't he? No, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it doesn't matter how much we clean up the outside. And it doesn't doesn't matter. No, no, no. Listen to me. It, it, It doesn't matter if we're coming to every church service. If we're not doing what we hear if we're not allowing God to change us, if we're not allowed God to speak to us in such a way that we would respond to do what He would have us to do. I mean, there is a God in heaven. He is still alive and well. God says, you need to show them. Here's the thing. And all it goes on, this, this really is good. These people were upset because God was not blessing they were upset. No, no. Verse number three. Uh, Wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. Oh, God, we're doing good things. Are you not looking? I mean, we're doing good things. It just doesn't seem doesn't seem like God's treating them fairly. Okay, a little bit of sarcasm there. They bragged about what they were doing. But God, we've fasted. We've afflicted our souls. (laughs) You know, it really is a common thing for unhumbled hearts to be proud of their professions of humiliation. But false humility is pumped full of pride. They expected God to take notice of them. No, no, it's very clear there. They expected God to take notice of them. That God owed them something for doing what they should be doing anyway. That they wanted the acceptance of God that is promised only to the sincere of heart. They, they were mad that God had not taken notice of them, although they had been going through their religious rituals in front of him. Too often people get mad at God because they have been, they, they've been good for a little while, and, and, and he doesn't seem to be blessing them for it. But there's usually a good reason behind that. No, there's usually a good reason behind, behind, them, but behind them not having the blessings of God on them. And in this case, God wasn't blessing them because they weren't fasting unto him, not unto him. No, 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 they they just kept on sinning. They were doing some fasting, but they weren't fasting unto him. They just kept on sinning. Oh, okay, the last part of verse number three. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou take us no knowledge? Come on, God, look at us. Behold, in the day of, of your fast, ye find pleasure. Here's God. Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. And ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. So I don't know what you're fasting. I don't know what you're fasting for, God says, but you're not fasting unto me. It's not, like, it's not like you've stopped your sinning while you're doing this. It's not like you've humbled yourself. It, verse number five, is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? <clears throat> Look, they were covetous. They were unmerciful. He said, you have exacted all your labors from your servants. The time had come for them to show mercy to their servants and to let them go, but they wouldn't do that. And it's kind of like holding grudges. Listen to me, please. It's kind of like holding grudges against someone when God has been so merciful to you. They were contentious and they were spiteful. Instead of using instead of using um, instead of using that time to judge themselves, because when we truly set ourselves apart and fast, we we're not to be looking to judge others. We're to be judging ourselves and where we are. But instead of using that time to judge themselves, they were judging one another. But fasting isn't. to... It, Fasting fasting isn't to be used as a tool to make yourself spiritual that you might judge others. No, no, no. It's to humble yourself to the point of seeing your sin as God sees it. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, at least around here. Look, we are not to look down our pious nose at anybody. We're not supposed to start acting like we're better than anybody. Because we're not better than anybody. Not at all. If we're anything good, it's by the grace of God. No, no, no. We're not to look down our pious nose at anyone. We're not to be anyone's judge. They have a judge. We have a judge. We're not to... No, 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 no. We're not to be the judge of someone. We're not to decide... No, no, no. It's not that we might look super spiritual to other people. Well, look, I'm doing better than you are. Because I'm humble. Oh, no, you just lost it. Yeah. Yeah. God said, here's what God said. You cannot fast like that and expect me to hear you. Those that fast and pray, but just go on in their wicked ways, doing the same old thing, they are mocking God and deceiving themselves. So, God tells them to do it right. He just tells them flat out to do it right. Verse number five. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down uh, his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast? An acceptable day to the Lord? If we're going to fast, we have to do it in a way which honor and pleases God because when we fast it's a way of humbling and abasing ourselves it is a time of expressing a genuine sorrow for sin and 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 even true embarrassment for sin that's in our life or it's not a true fast and we are told what it's not it's not looking it's not looking it's not looking miserable to others bowing down your head no no if you're going to fast I mean it's not so everybody know that you're fasting it's not doing little penance denying some pleasure to the body while still going on in sin spread sackcloth will thou call this a fast God says it's to be the business of our whole lives at that point verse number 6 is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free that you break every yoke To loose the bands of wickedness. What are you talking about, preacher? To finally overcome those besetting sins. To finally overcome them. Just To finally overcome them. Preacher, I tell you, I got some bad habits. I'm I'm telling you, I I got some bad habits. And I, I just don't know what to do. Well, you can fast and seek the Lord over it. I'm telling you, He can help you with those. You can humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and fast from some things, set yourself apart for a while and seek the Lord and seek him, uh, seek his help, and I guarantee you he can give you deliverance from some things. That's our God. He hasn't changed. He's still the same God that he was back in that was Isaiah's day. Same God. I mean, to be rid of those burdens. Come on, anybody that has a besetting sin, you realize. I mean, if you're a born-again child of God, you realize it's a burden. Those things that seem to burden you day after day to keep you from God, keep you from being close to God, keep you from being everything that God would have you to be. And to bring you to a place of forgiveness and casting out all your bitterness. Because that bitterness keeps you from being a good Christian. Let the oppressed go free. Break every yoke. Boy, do a lot of Christians good to break the yoke of bitterness, to break the yoke of unforgiveness, and whatever else might be holding them back from being exactly what God wants us to be. I mean, to decide to deny ourselves and really seek the Lord. And to be ready for however God may speak to us in our upcoming revival meeting. Our revival meeting starts on uh, August the 22nd. That means we have, uh, starting tomorrow, we have 20 days before it starts. 20 days. I would encourage you to forsake some things that you know you should and seek the Lord. And you can break it down. Fast five days from something, five days from something else, five days from something else, five days from something else. else. However God may lead you to do that and just really seek the Lord. But the week of our revival meeting, the 22nd through the 27th, I would really encourage you I greatly encourage you. I would like for our church to just pass from TV and social media. To just not let any of that stuff cloud our mind during the day so that we can come to church at night with our mind free to accept and receive whatever God has for us in the preaching. To spend these next 20 days really seeking the Lord and the help that He can give. And whatever you might choose to fast from. But deny yourself. Deny yourself. Whether it's sweets or bread, soda, coffee. Hey, I'm going to do it. I need God's help. And I know I do. None of us have arrived. All of us have some problems. If we really believe there's a God in heaven, if we really believe he has saved our soul, that one of these days when this old body wears out that we're going to go live with Him for eternity if we really believe that then we really do believe that He has a purpose for our life while we're here because He has a purpose for our life while we're here and the cleaner the vessel the better we can be used by Him And sometimes we just need to deny ourselves and just put Him first. I'm not going to drink this, not going to eat this, not going to watch this, not going to listen to this, whatever the case may be. No, no, pick something that's really gotcha. Something you can't seem to do without. Some, it would do you very good to just stay completely off of Facebook for the next 26 days. Boy, that went over good, I could tell. Well, preacher, I think I'll just fast from Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Nobody ought to put them things in their mouth anyway. (laughs) No, don't, don't pick something you don't like. Pick something you can't seem to live without. You can't just fast from green beans, brother Andrew. You can't just fast from green beans. So, yeah, I saw, I saw I saw the brain turning. in there. Now, come on, Pastor. Do you, do you really think that this is? You really think this is this important? I do. I do. And let me, let me tell you why. Come on. No, no, no. I'm, I'm right. It done. I really am right. It done. Let me tell you why. Because, and, and visitors that are here, thank God that you're here. And I mean that. I, I'm very thankful that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. We, we love that you're here. But, but I, I'm speaking to the church at this point. This is Sunday night. And, and most every church member that's sitting here is a faithful member of Riverside Baptist Church. And there's some of you watching by live stream. You're faithful to that. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. And you faithfully come, and, and, and many of you work in ministries here in the church. Thank God for you. I mean that sincerely. You're faithful. You have your own Bible. You read it. You do some praying. You give. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. But you all have need of something. however large or however small. You have need of something spiritual. I'm talking about spiritual. Some struggle you have in your life, whether it is unforgiveness, bitterness, maybe it's fear. I mean, we could go on a big list. You have have need of something from God. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to refrain from some things, give that extra time to God in prayer and Bible reading. And ask God to do something in your heart that only He can do. Isn't it an amazing thing when God changes our heart? I mean, absolutely amazing when God does it. Just absolutely amazing when God does it. It was an amazing thing. It was an amazing thing when God got me to a place... Of forgiveness to my own dad for his drunken shenanigans while I was a, while I was a kid and tearing up our home and all that got me to a place that I was willing to forgive my dad had to be God that did that, but it was a wonderful, wonderful thing because it resulted in him coming to know Christ as his savior. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know what your struggle may be. And listen to me. Listen to me. I, I'm, I'm right It done. How many times I said that? I said at least five before I'm done. I don't know what your struggle may be, but God knows what it is. And you may know what it is. Don't deny it. Ask God for the help you need. Determine for these next 26 days through the revival meeting, and then the 20 leading up to it, that you will do some serious seeking the Lord by fasting and prayer. You're going to deny yourself something that you really enjoy or that you're addicted to, like coffee. You know, I say junkie's a junkie, so anyway, get on past that, or whatever it may be. Deny yourself and ask God to do something in your life and your heart that only He can do. Pastor, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Pastor, people don't really care about stuff like this anymore. I know. No, I know. I mean, I have my eyes open wide enough that I understand that, that most people don't, most people don't care about stuff like this anymore. Things I was talking about. Most people don't even like it when a preacher cries aloud and despairs not. They just want somebody that's going to tickle their ears a little bit and send them on their way. I never want to be known as one that's just ugly and and caustic and hateful. I never be, bro, John. I never want to be known like that. But, but I'm telling you, it, if God gives me a message and I seem to be, uh, I, I seem to be. Uh, I seem to be uh, (laughs) just really. I seem to be blowing my stack while I'm preaching it. I don't know how else to say it. I can guarantee you it's not because uh, I am mad at anybody in the congregation. It's just because God has given me something that I feel like we all need to hear. And if it's a truth from this Bible, Brother Joey, we know it's going to help us. We know it's going to help us. I just want us to prepare for revival. Not just the revival meeting, but for revival. And whatever you might forsake, I am done now. Whatever you might forsake... If you do it without humble prayer and Bible reading, it's not going to amount to anything spiritual. You know, I can can go without eating for 10 days and not make anything spiritual out of it. No, no, I, I can I can go on a fast for ten days, not eat any solid food, and not bring one spiritual thing out of it. Because it's not just about not eating if we decide not to eat for that amount of time. It's about taking that time and giving it to God and humbling ourselves and asking God to do something in our lives that that only He can do. Preparing for revival. well i feel like that's all been about as clear as mud let's bow our heads for just a moment dear heavenly father thank you lord that you you still continue to work in people's lives and hearts you still continue to try to help us to draw closer to you and we do want to be prepared for this revival meeting that's coming up but father i'd sure like to see just a hint of revival break out in this church before the meeting ever starts Just the fact that you're doing things in people's lives that only you can do and making changes in people's hearts that only you can make. And Father, burdening us even deeper, Lord, for a closer walk with you that we might truly be doing everything that you would have us to do in a way that you would have us to do it. And so, Father, I pray that you would take this that was just given and that you would work in people's lives and hearts and i pray that people would come tonight even tonight and just decide i'm going to seek the lord and these days ahead before the revival meeting I, i'm going to give up some things and i'm going to give that time to god and i'm going to seek the lord about what he's wanting to do in my heart my life father i i just pray that your will would be done and because of our willingness just to humble ourselves before you, that you do great and mighty things in our hearts and lives. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. We pray you have blessed this time of invitation. And Father, use it in our lives, we pray, please. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's stand to our feet. Many have come to the altar. You need to come. Why don't you just come? Let God have his way, whatever he wants you to do. Whatever he's spoken to you about. you have need and you know you do just let God have his way